Hello everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 8 of The Little All Ireland and then there were 4. Well, that was another highly entertaining uh, weekend of hurling in the Co-op Superstores Cork Hurling Championships and to be honest I feel a bit exhausted after it all. Uh, I saw an awful lot of hurling over the weekend which is obviously a great thing. Um, I suppose one thing that struck me across the weekend is that there was no real shock bar maybe the Newtown, Newtown beating the Glen on Friday night. And a lot of results kind of went along the way we might have expected. But it didn't detract from the entertainment of them. And I suppose that's the beauty of sport, you know. Um, nearly all of the games were very close and very tight and, you know, and swung on a moment a moment of luck here or a moment of brilliance there or, you know, just getting that momentum at the right time of a game. You know, they were, you know so they were all very tight games and that obviously adds to the drama and everything everything. Uh, another feature of the weekend, I thought, was a lot of the minor class of 2021 um, really stood up as they made their phrase into their, their first foray into knockout adult hurling. You know, we're talking guys who are only 18 years of age, and we mentioned going way back to, to the first couple of episodes, the difference, you know, of, of playing adult hurling. Uh, you know, I think we mentioned that we were on about Ben O'Connor or Ben O'Connor having to mark Shane O'Keefe in the Bars Black Rock game. But what I think what you saw this weekend is a lot of those guys really settling into to adult hurling and we'll talk a bit about that as the as the as the show goes on and um, we'll start with the, the premier senior hurling championship and we'll start with the games that were down the park yesterday um unfortunately i didn't make it but after seeing four and a half games between friday and saturday i had to be content with the stream and i was delighted to have that coverage at home you know the irish examiner uh, coverage was fabulous really enjoyed it and what i thought you had was two very you know competitive games that were very different and something that struck me about the games, the three Premier Senior games in particular across the weekend, I thought they were very, very physical games with some big hits. And I thought as well that perhaps, you know, we've often maybe been accused of in Cork of just playing, you know, lovely open hurling and, you know, great for the shootout, but maybe when, you know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, we, we, we've been found a bit wanting in, in recent years. But I, I thought, and there's often been complaints about maybe the refereeing in Cork that, you know, it, it's a bit too um, or finicky or there's too many frees. But I, I thought that the, the Premier Senior games this week were very physical and I thought they were left low. And I just kind of, a, I just went looking back at something then um, for the crack. And it, So in the three quarter finals this weekend, uh, there was 139 scores. And 24 of them came from freeze, and that's 17% of them came from freeze. Not That's just freeze, not 65s, obviously. So I went back and had a look at um, last year's uh, three quarter finals, and in that there was 105 scores, and there was 25 freeze. So nearly a quarter of the score came from freeze that, that last year. So I'm wondering, is that some type of cognizant decision um, by Cork to it, it, it or we have to stop kind of bringing the, you know, the same the knife to the same gunfight like you know the, the game is changing we have to adapt to it and, and the whole physicality and, and the maybe the not so um, beautiful part of the game if we're going to survive and if we're going to thrive so that's something that stood out to me across the game and it was even I was talking to my, my father yesterday evening and he was at the games and he just asked me what I thought and I thought watching television I thought they were really good uh, particularly the Bars Douglas game the Immaculate Black Rock game was different but um, it's can it's often tough I think when you're playing in the second game as well, um, especially after the first game was so exciting, and he you know he got the impression around him at the game that you know it, it wasn't as good as maybe I, I thought, but it got the question like what do we want from our games? Do we want them to be open shootouts or do we want them to be tough, hard and you know and and competitive and physical? Um, I suppose the thing is we want all of that, 
Uh, and I thought we got a lot of that, particularly in the first game between the Bars and Douglas. And we'll start with that. And, like, what a huge win for the Bars. And you go back to where they were uh, the last you know, the last few years and to be back in the county semi-final for the first time since 2019 and only the second time, I think, since 2009 is huge for them. And what's different about it as well is that they're going into a county semi-final this year with a lot of young players. They're not uh, going in, you know, with the same players we've seen for a long time. It's a really new team. And this win is massive. And again, it backs up the win over Sars. It backs up the win against Black Rock. And now they're a serious outfit at this level. Um, and what stood out as well was their finish. I think they hit seven of the last eight points. And that's an incredible end of the game. And in a young team, you can often see them go on a run like that. It's like, you know, the pace, the enthusiasm, and they're kind of, even a bit of naivety can just drag you over the line. Kind of thinking back to, you know, even Cork winning the all Ireland in 1999. You know, often going on late runs in the in the Munster final, and in the All Ireland final, the All Ireland semi final. You know, it likes a Ben O'Connor and Jody and all kind of finding form late in games. You just seem to outrun outrun teams in the end, and that's what the bars reminded me a bit of there yesterday the way they won it. Um, there was high drama at the end. Then you know, uh, you know Shane Kingston's free off the off the crossbar. What a rocket! And Alan Cadigan, who was outstanding yesterday, looked really really dangerous and got five great points. Um, you know, he was just just a bit unlucky at the unlucky with the rebound off that. And then even at the very even though there was four points in the game, you know, Shane Hurley made a great save on a really nasty ball on a wet day in front of him. And he's he's been a really good keeper in the last few years. I actually had something written down about him after the Black Rock game, but I, I never said it. But he's really good. His, his puck outs are excellent and um you know, he's a big part of the, the Bears team. Um, okay, outside of that, you know, Ben O'Connor in the first half was, you know, this guy's star just continues to grow. Uh, Ethan Toomey, I think, has maybe been the player of the championship so far. Uh, he's been outstanding three great points yesterday again and just seemed to turn up everywhere in that last 10 minutes. And a the guy then, you know, uh, Podrick Buggy, a guy, you know, I don't know much about him, but um, he's a smart hurler, but I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I thought his attitude, his work rate, you know, you know, the way he got around the field and got hooks, got blocks, got turnovers in. I thought he was really important for the Bears yesterday, particularly maybe in that period after half time. Um, when Douglas kind of were on top and he got a great score from out in the, the north stand side, it seemed to get the Bears going as well. And I think what the Bears have at the moment is an incredibly good balance to their team. And if you look at that, you know, Look across their their starting forward line yesterday. You know, you Ben Cunningham, uh, William Buckley, uh, Owen Finn, Brian Hayes, uh, Buggy and Jack Hallan. You know, so there's a great balance there. You've got kind of physical players, you know, the likes of Brian Hayes and Owen Finn. You've got Jack Hallan, who's a you know a tidy inside forward. You've Ben Cunningham, who's a bit of both. You know, good hand in him as well. He's doing very well at the moment, and that's so tough for defenses. I think if you've got three, four, probably you know if you've got three, four genuine scoring threats. You know, obviously, in any defence, you want to put your best marker on their best forward and then vice versa. But that Bars team is kind of balanced. So if you shut down one, it's only going to create space for the, the others. And then you've kind of got good scoring threats coming from midfield in, in, in Ethan Toomey and Conor Callan. is probably Conor Callan's best club game in a long time. He was a great second half yesterday. And I think the Bars balance is excellent like that. And it even spreads back into the defence. Obviously, Ben O'Connor, you know, Damien Callan, Billy Hennessy, I thought, found his form yesterday. And uh, even inside then, Owen Keane, Jamie Burns and Keane Walsh, you know, they, they have a very, very solid and well-balanced team. And that's probably why they're progressing as well. So I, I thought, you know, 
getting into the semi-final and they have Neil Town Chandram and that, that's going to be you know that's going to be a really winnable game for them and uh, you know they're really on, on, on the crest of wave at the moment they just want, they, they'll just want the games to, to keep on coming um, Douglas you know uh, like I think this this one is going to hurt them a lot that last 10 minutes they were in a position to win the game with 10 minutes to go and just you know it didn't happen for them you know, as I said again you know Alan Cadigan was outstanding and Shane Kingston took took fire a bit after half time but was kind of well marshaled in general but I think they maybe lacked that same type of consistent threat across the forward line that maybe the Bars did that the Bars have I should say and that maybe some of the Black Rock have as well and I think that might have caught them in the end so like if you if you can shut down Shane Kingston like like Newtown Chandler did in the last group game you know there's no there's not enough support there to pick up the pieces for him uh, apart from you know Alan Cadigan obviously and but you know they just don't have enough forward. There, there may be one forward away from making that next step um, to get them into a semi-final, into a final, you know. Um, you know, it just takes the pressure off your big guns then as well if you have that other guy who's going to chip in if they're three, four, five points, like, you know. And they're, it's I feel I feel for them because they're, they're doing so much right at the moment. They've been a really consistent team the last couple of years uh, and they're well coached. And they, you know, they they they're very well drilled in what they do, and you know, again, I thought they were excellent around around the middle for for most of the game yesterday, but uh, yeah, they just kind of don't have enough, didn't have enough to get over the line, um, at the, at the very end, like you know, um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one for them, uh, a tough winter for them, I think, thinking back over that, but again, you know, some of the hits that went in that game, you know, Ben O'Connor hit, got uh, Mark Harrington one there in the second half. Like for an 18 year old lad, it was a massive hit, but uh, yeah, so that's the bars into the final four. Um, so it's onwards and upwards for them. A uh, busy few weeks for them. And the second game, then between Blackrock and Immokilly, like that, that was kind of fascinating. A very different game, very physical because Blackrock are very physical, they must be the biggest team in the championship. And by god, they are not afraid to use it. You know, you're looking at the two O'Keefe's. You know, Michael Halloran's a big man. The two Cashmans are, are big men. The Cormacs are, are all big men. You know, you know, Alan Connolly, they're, they're, they're all well able to look after themselves. And I find with the divisional teams as well, I, I, mentioned, um, when the, I mentioned on Friday when we were discussing uh, Dungourney playing Middleton in the Intermediate Day Championship, how often when a first team plays a second team, if you can be close with 10 minutes to go, if the game is close to 10 minutes to go, you, you nearly always fancy the the, the, the club whose first team is playing because you'd imagine it just means that's bits that bit more to them you know it's their be all and end all you know it's the top team in the club it's the glory team and I think often in the last 10 minutes that can come come to the fore it's something similar for the divisional teams I think you know um if any club team can take a divisional team in that last 10 minutes in a close game they you know you you'd always fancy them to get out of it because they know one another better. You're playing with lads you're growing up with, you know, all that type of intangible stuff. But I often think it makes a difference. And I think that happened with Black Rock yesterday as well. They looked dead for a long time. You know, they were, they were six points down with 10 minutes to go. Didn't look like scoring a goal that they needed. You know, and even in extra time, they were four points down with seven minutes to go. But um, I think Immokilly just began to run, run out of gas a small bit then as well. They had a lot of players who played big games over the weekend, you know, just looking through the team. You had Darren Moran, Kieran Joyce and Mike Kelly, who all played for Castle Martyr, and Brian and Barry Lawton, excuse me, who all played for Castle Martyr on Saturday. You Shane Hagerty playing for Dungourney on Friday evening. You know, you John Cronin played for Liz Gould on Friday evening as well. And you know, you Jack Lee who played and Dermot Healy who played. So they and so they had a lot of guys who were playing their second game in two, three days. 
and it's in that last 10 minutes that the, the, you kind of run out of gas and even Mike Kelly who's been one of the most impressive players in the championship and had a great year last year too and one of the most impressive players in the Premier Intermediate Champions well he got four great points yesterday he was going well but you know they ended up having to take him off because he was just he was just bait you know and that just caught them I think a bit towards the end as well they just kind of ran out of gas I think you could even see that in their penalties you know they, they look so tired I thought it was a game of great duels you know I thought uh, Stephen Murphy versus Sean Desmond was was brilliant stuff to watch you know there was some great Sean Desmond got a few good scores a really good player as and really you know come on a step this year as well and Stephen Murphy has gone back corner back for the Rockies this year and he's you know he's top class back there but he got some great blocks in a couple of great blocks and hooks in the first half and they went at each other all day it was real proper you know corner back corner forward duel one-on-one stuff I thought it was very enjoyable to watch um, the same with kind of Robbie Cotter against Shane Hagerty and like Robbie Cotter had a really you know you know massive game for the Rockies yesterday really kind of uh, you know, going from being a young up and coming guy to being the main guy in their attack yesterday he got 1-5 and the goal was, was a touch of brilliance you know the high ball in took it down turned bang off the left great goal and um, but himself and Shane Hagerty had a great duel as well it was really enjoyable to watch I think it, you can never hundred percent certain on, the, on when you're watching the telly. I think John Cashman picked up Will Lee for a lot of the first half, and they were kind of um, you know having a good go at one another all game as well. And there was a real edge to the game. I thought the whole time. And again, there was, there was some real physical hits and you know big you know big hits and there was no um, there was it was no place for shrinking violence. And again, you know you had a few of those eighteen year olds play, playing you know Dermot Healy and Jack Lee. And I think. I think that type of game playing against those big black rockmen is really going to stand to them um, as, they, as, they, as they mature as hurlers because they have so much to offer uh, both their clubs, the division and Cork going forward. But, you know, what a win for Black Rock. Um, as I said, they looked dead and buried with, you know, 10 minutes to go. It was hard to see them finding a way back into the game, but they found a way. And it, it, it's a type of win that makes them, you know, I think I said before, you know, the last couple of weeks that Im Achilles' shadow is looming over the championship. And there's something a bit ominous about the Rockies after this win as well. You know, county champions two years ago, they're back in the semi-final after getting there the hard way, digging out a couple of big results, you know, going to the wire against Charleville coming out on top, going to the wire against Emil coming out on top. You know, that's going to stand to them an awful lot in the semi-final against Aaron's own, which is a really fascinating game as well. And again, just like the Bears, they have that balance. If you look at their scores even yesterday, yeah, Robbie Carter got 1-5, but you have Michael Halloran hitting three points from play. You know, you Ty DC getting three points from play. You Kevin O'Keefe coming off the bench and getting three points from play. Noel Cashman came up with a couple. You know, Alan Conley hasn't been going really well. He's been well-minded, but they have the players to pick up the slack. They're not totally reliant on him. And, you know, he's a guy who could have a real breakout uh, performance in the semi-final and the final yet. And special word for Shane O'Keefe as well, you know, came back on got the big goal that turned the game in his head an extra time. I thought they'd won it then, you know, the, there was that, that 65 then, which Will Lee showed real steel to put that over the bar as well. And that brought us the penalties. And I thought again, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought in McKinley's penalties looked that bit more tired than the Black Rock ones. Um, I don't know what people think about penalty shootouts. I've no great problem with them. Maybe not for relegation games. I'm glad it's gone for relegation games. But I don't know, I, I'm trying to think back. You know, there's no nice way to lose a game. Losing is just horrible. Um, and if you're going to lose, you probably want to do it the quick way. You don't, you don't want to be hanging around there. I've, I've no great problem with the penalties, I, I must say. Um, but 
you know, yeah, they're part of the games now, whether they say it or not. The calendar's just so tight, but uh, it's it's hard to come up with another way for to do. You know, there's so only so much space to 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 get it, all the games played in. But it's it's not something I have a huge problem with. But uh, maybe I'd have a, a much different opinion of that if I came out uh, on the wrong side of one. So what do I know? Um, so that's it. That's the Rockies back in the semi-finals, and I think they look a bit. You know, they looked a bit tired last year, and Middleton really um, caught them. Uh, for pace, and that's something maybe another thing about BlackRock. They look a bit, look very solid at the back. Middleton really um, took them apart with their pace in the semi-final last year, and they, I don't, I don't think that'll happen this year. And I think Daniel Meany looked a bit sharper again yesterday, which I was glad. He's been a really good hurler, um, but you know they're going to be going into the, the last four with with uh, with notions of going all the way. That brings us to the game uh, on Friday night between the Glen and Newtown. An absorbing contest, I thought. A really absorbing contest. And ultimately, what separated the teams was um, Cormac O'Brien's goal. And it came from something that Newtown had been outstanding on all year. Their work rate from their forwards is just incredible. Um, their press is unreal. So they turned over Steve McDonald. The ball breaks over and Cormac O'Brien sticks a great goal. And that, that, that's the difference between the game, the teams at the end of the day. 123 to 23 points. And that Newtown press, I've mentioned it already, against Canturk, it won them the game because they got so many scores off just turning over Canturk short puckouts. Against Middleton, they did really well with it, but the one time Middleton broke the press, they got a goal from it. But they must have got five, six points off the Glen on Friday night as well from turning over puckouts, or turning over short puckouts. Their, their, their forwards are very disciplined in the tackle, and they really work hard at the turnovers, which is something... That's going to be very interesting when they play the Bears because Shane Hurley likes to go short and is very accurate, as is Kyle Hickey, of course, a really good club goalkeeper. But that's something that just stood out to me about Newtown all year is the way they, they push, you know, the way they press. Um, Newtown as well, it's funny, like, they have a lot of experience, you know, they, they have a lot of guys with county medals, you know, they have James Bowles, they have, you know, I, I can't, can't remember if Jack Hurley has one, but, you know, you've, You've um, <clears throat> Jamie Collins still there. Kyle knocked him back in. You know, they've uh, Michael Bowles on the bench. So they do have guys who remember what it's like to go all the way. And um, that experience, I think, really stood to them in the last 10, 15 minutes yesterday. They, they just didn't, or on Friday, they just didn't go away. You know, and they just had different guys popping up at different times. You know, you might look at Newtown, if you're an outsider, a casual supporter, you might look at Timmy O'Man in centre back and say, oh, well, he's, he's the big guy. But they have lots of balance in that team, you know. Uh, Jerry Lane is a guy I've been really impressed with this year. He played midfield on on, on Friday night, and he's just a, a workhorse. Just does the right thing so often with the ball, and you know, always pops up with a score. A few minutes to go, cornerback here on a sudden gets the ball seven yards out, pops it over the bar. You know, a huge score for them. Uh, Michael Thompson, Ronan Geary, the corner forwards both chipped in. You know, Jamie Collin is just a top class club hurler, as good as that, as good as there's been. Um, in Cork hurling for the last 10 years you know he got three great points from play you know didn't miss a free he was excellent like sorry he didn't miss one free he got three out of four and free he was very good and like yeah, there's something special about Kyle Nocton then I think the other night as well you know um, I didn't realise he was home from, from travelling until I saw him uh, at the Cantor game and I was, I was like oh, you could see the yellow helmet and you could see you know he wants to break on that left wing and get and you know and get his couple of points and uh, but what stood out to me really about him on Friday night is like he looked so more much more toned, you know. Whatever training he's done in the last six weeks, he looked a really different player during the night as well. And you know, he 
got through the 60 65 minutes easily moved over the ground well he still has plenty of pace it's not the lightning pace it used to be but you know he still has not that offer and you know a guy like that is, is made for parky cueve so like he's a big one for him and Cormac O'Brien was outstanding for him on, on Friday night. A guy who was cornerback on the on the under twenty team, the one day I learned a couple of years ago, plays midfield for Newtown, but they put him centre forward and it really worked for him. He got one four and and all of his points came at really important times. Uh it was uh, you know, it came at times when the Glen seemed to be pulling away, he, he popped up with a score. And he it worked really well for me. You know, he's really good at getting out of the end of end of end of, uh, end of moves and, and got some really good scores. But um yeah, it was a really enjoyable game, you know, like even for the Glen, obviously, you know, they're missing Owen Doney, or sorry, excuse me, they're missing Patrick Horgan, but Owen Doney really stepped into the breach there, he got six points off play, uh, and none of them were tap overs either, they were, they were outrageous scores, but I suppose they did kind of miss him a bit from the half-back line as well, although David Dooling did play really well when he came out wing back, three good points as well, but um, but I think, you know, and Owen O'Leary, another one of those 18 rows with a really, really good first half, but in particular, looked really dangerous, and he's a guy who's you know he's got a really bright future ahead of him, and you know he had a lot of pressure pressure on him as well, and uh, and Friday night he tied it really well, and he'll be the better for it down the road as well, but um, well, it was really absorbing game, um, and another you know Connor Toomey is another guy who's had a great championship, was brilliant in the first round against Canterac going back. I heard he kind of marked um, Shane Kingston out of the game when they beat Douglas, and he did a right good job in Simon Kenefick, even though Simon got a couple of points, a good forward. But he's had a really good championship for him as well. And um, it's been a really amazing championship. It looked like when the Glen Owen Downey got his, I think it was his fifth point, to put the Glen ahead with 10 minutes to go. You're thinking, here we go. This is it now. You know, Newtown, brave Newtown, great performance. Now the, the Glen will go and beat them. And then Newtown come back into it and they hit five wides. And they actually dropped one short as well when they were a point up. And you're kind of going, oh my God, they've left themselves. Like, you know, the game should be over. And then knocked him, got that trademark point going up the left wing. And then he got another one after um, after the Glen got a point back as well. But uh, it, was, uh, it was really enter- entertaining stuff. And let's, let's call a spade a spade. Newtown have been the team of the championship so far. Um, afterwards, I spoke to their manager, Shane Nocton. And I just thought the whole difference in his demeanour from speaking to him after the Cantor game to speaking to him after the game of Friday night was fascinating. You could see what the Cantor game meant to him in terms of the way they targeted it as, you know, getting that wind to get their things off the stand. He was very emotional. He was very calm. He was very cool. He was very collected on Friday night. And um, I really enjoyed the chat with him. Shane, congratulations. Newtown back in the county semi-final for the first time since 2011. Uh, that must feel pretty special at this moment. Yeah, look, John, we're delighted. Um, we're absolutely thrilled. I, um, we, we didn't, I suppose, set out at the start of the year to, to, to aim for semi-finals or any of this Correct, like we, we, we had a clear target that was get out of the group. We saw the four that were in with us um, and we knew we'd, we we had a tough battle to get out of there and that was our, 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 was our first focus of the year and we were just thrilled to get out and to get out on top was just an extra bonus and let's built on that. That energy that we had after Morn Abbey, like we made a promise to each other leaving that dressing room that we're going to bottle that and bring us with us bring it with us the next day, so we're thrilled. And I, like, it was the ultimate team performance, I thought. Um, you know, from right from goalkeeper, you know, you Kieran O'Sullivan popping up with a really huge point in the second half. You had uh, Sean Griffin, or Conor Griffin getting a good score off the bench. You had, you know, Carl Nocton hitting four points. You had Cormac O'Brien, an outstanding game at centre-forward. But everyone popped up when they were needed, I thought. And that, that was a real feature of your game, playing for one another. Yeah, we're, look, that's something we've worked hugely on this year because we're not reliant on one or two. 
and lads now know coming off the bench the, the massive impact they can have and like I suppose we have to work hard on that um, being being a, a member of a panel is not easy when you don't start like and I suppose we, we've lads coming off the bench to do a job and we've worked a lot on listening to how other teams get that right and bought that to our set up here because from 15 to 32 and I mean this honestly any one of them come on any day they've different roles in different games as the old saying goes horses for courses but by God in every game they've come on they've lifted the thing and when we need it the most we, we, we were going on our knees there and lads come on and the energy starts up again and they lift it and we're thrilled with that aspect of the, of, of the game Speaking of getting things right the move of Cormac O'Brien to centre far before the game you couldn't have expected that to work, work much better than it did Yeah look Cormac's a quality player like so I suppose when you're a quality player like him, it doesn't matter where you go on the field, but we just felt that he bought that drive and that running off the shoulder, and like he got an absolute brilliant start. Like it was, it was a dream start for him, and that, I suppose, was the foundation. We needed to keep that gap all the way through, but it was a huge lift for us seeing him get that kind of start, and, and we're just thrilled for Cormac. I mentioned to you just on the way down that like this new town is a team full of experience as well. There's four or five, there six guys there with county medals as well. And I suppose when the Glen got it level and pushed the point ahead with five minutes to go, most people would have said, "Oh, here we go." But you found that spark to, to finish really strongly, and you know you won by the goal in the end, had a few wides, and should have won by six or seven maybe. But that bit of experience, I think, maybe really would have counted at that stage mm-hmm. of the game. I suppose. Like, there's six of us involved on the backroom team and there's another six outside of that, but our biggest job this year was we felt we had the ingredients. It was how do we get that mix, that exactly what you were just talking about there, how do we get that balance right? So the mix of the experienced guys and the youth, because we've we've huge work, and I spoke about this um, after after the Douglas game, like we've huge work on our juvenile club, so it's important these guys get a chance and get a feel for it as well. But it's our job to get that balance right, and thank God today it's it's working, and we've we've to keep that momentum going with us. Now. And you're in a Premier Two County Minor Hurling semi final as well. I think at the back end the next week, County Senior uh, final to look forward to in a two weeks time as well. So. It's great to see Newtown back in the road and you must be re- you know, really looking forward to obviously the next few weeks. Yeah, look, I suppose we take it step by step. Um, we are, look, I, I suppose within our own group, we had, we had a huge self-belief like that we felt we can be here. To us, maybe to people looking in outside, this is a bit of a shock story, or so, but to us, we were ultra confident coming up here if we performed. And that was the question, can we back up the performance? what we did below in Moorne Abbey and did in, in Charvel. And to be honest, we actually played quite well against Middleton, only we ran out of legs. I, I said it before, like the six days killed us, and it's maybe something, when, when we're reviewing the championship at, at the end of the year, maybe the county board could come and talk to, I suppose, every team involved and bring one or two points. How can we make this better? To me, it's, it's 98, it's 99%, but let's bring it up another step. And that's an area, I suppose, for a team like us, we're punchy above our weight. Like six days is very hard. We don't have the panels that the that the city teams have, but we have. We think we have make up for that in spirit and passion, and we showed that out there today. But from a structural point of view, it shouldn't happen. Like you shouldn't have lads training seven, eight, nine months to play two games in six days. And like we felt that in the home straight against Middleton, we just ran out of steam. Finally, I might just ask you about, I hate this, single out players, even though I've done it a couple of times, and Jamie Collin and Colin Nocton, I think, tonight were rolled back the years to an extent, and they were a joy to watch, I thought, at times. 
Yeah, look, there are two, I suppose, there are two big players for us. Where, where the boys come in is experience. Like, T- Tim O'Mahony is relatively young. He's a huge leader within the group. And even physically, like, to look at him, you know straight away he's a standout player for us. But, like, we'd say Michael Bowles, Jack Hurley, Cahill, Nocton came home from Australia this year. And just, the, I, 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 I can't put a word on it. But the energy they bought to training, they have standards that they expect to be done, and they bought on the younger guys, and it they led from the front. And then you have the likes of Jamie and all oh, the Matty Ryan. We've huge experience within the panel, um, and like we're just delighted that now the younger lads are buying into this. Yeah, so I'd like to pick up on a couple of things that Shane mentioned there. Uh, first of all, I thought what he said about the panel was very interesting. The thirty-two guys tagged out on uh, Friday night. And he's right, trying to keep that many guys happy is so difficult. And when things start going against you, and even when things are going for you, you're, you're never far away from, you know, all it takes a couple of guys to get, you know, get down or get disinterested um, if they're not, if they have no sniffing coming on the, coming on the pitch. And I thought it was really, you know, I'd love to know who they spoke to about her trying to get it right, but whatever they're doing, they are getting it right because the spirit is outstanding. I think he's a point too about, the tweak if there can be some tweak in the in the system um it might have to come at the end of the season in terms of the monster club having to be pushed back or or whole maybe the whole importance of those competitions need to be questioned too on um something i love but i'm just saying what's your prior what you, you have to prioritize but the new system is fantastic but it is tough you know um it's relentless and it's brilliant as the neutral uh, for neutral to watch i've said a few times but it'll be interesting to see, you know, and as Shane said, I think we're 98, 97% of the way there. And it's going to be a tweak here and there, an extra week here and there. Um, what we can't make, as my father always says, well, we're not going to add two or three uh, weeks onto the year. So, you know, but uh, if, if something could be done to put to spread it out a small bit more, it would be great. But if not, what can you do, I suppose? Um, and a little word on the Glen as well. Look, the Glen are going nowhere. They're going to be there, thereabouts again next year. They have a Premier One a minor county champion, champion, county championship team from last year coming through. You know they they have plenty of guys going to come back next year. You know they they've they've been a great great team the last eight ten years. They're going to be just as good next year, and uh, they'll go away and they'll come back stronger. I think as well. So uh, yeah, it was a great game of Friday night. Um, finally then the Premier. So that leaves us with Aaron's own versus um. Aaron's own versus uh, Black Rock in the semi-final, which is going to be you know, two. That's going to be a, a right dinger of a game. And the Bars versus Newtown, which again, you know, very two great games. We're down to the final four, so it's been really good. It's it's building up nicely. Finally, on the Premier Senior uh, front, uh, Napier Shakes said goodbye to Senior Hurling for the first time in sixty-five years. Um, I think it's very sad. Being a great club, a club that I have very fond memories of watching growing up. Saw saw them winning all their counties. You know. Adored Tony Sull as a young fellow when he was growing up. Um, always bring it out. Loved playing up in the Pierschig. Had some great, great battles with them over the years, and you know, uh, they've given so much to Cork hurling. And you know, so I just find it very sad to see them see them go down. You know, I spoke last week about Evan Sheen's injury, and they lost Shane Fort injury as well. Um, it was a really good club hurler. They they're really good players. So I, I hope that they can come back from it I hope they can they can learn from what's gone wrong up there the last couple of years because I think Cork Hurling needs Napierstreet to be going well um, and uh, so I hope they can they can you know do a bit of soul searching and come back come back 
come back stronger, hopefully. As for Charleville, look, I'm not surprised by that result. You know, Charleville brilliant. You know, again, did Andrew Cagney got a couple of goals? Did Jack Doyle scoring heavily? Dara Fitzgibbon, they're a good team. They're building. You know, they've had baptism of fire in their first two years up. And again, even when they came up after beating courses in the Premier Intermediate, maybe four or five years ago, you know, brought the Glen to the to the Warriors. Well, I think they're only going to be improving, and they'll be a year. It could be next year, and they'll get out of the group, and I think they'll be a very dangerous team in knockout hurling. So look, again, they've 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 got there. They've stayed there. They've they've improved this year. I think you know they've you know got a draw, lost two close games. They definitely they're definitely improving incrementally. And uh, yeah, they're going to be a good Premier Senior team again next year. So, just the four teams left in the Premier Senior, as there is in the Senior A hurling championship. Um, we'll we'll start with Bright Rovers against Cline. Um, it was a bit of a wash a washout. Uh, Bright Rovers did what they did to Carrigtool and just destroyed them. It was a sensational performance. Um, maybe their type of team are designed for Parkview as well because they were very young, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I kind of said it. And when they started doing this podcast, that at the at the foundation on the foundation of the senior A hurling championship, there was you know there was four outstanding teams. I said at the time, Fraud O'Neill's, Charleville, uh, Kenturk, and Newcastle. Um, two of them have gone up. Fraud O'Neill's are maybe champions elect in lots of ways. Newcastle have just are feeling the 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 pressure of operating the small rural jewel club. But I think Bright, Bright Rovers have emerged as the next outstanding team at this grade this year. Um, they're a very well balanced team. You know, you have the two roaches, one up front and one at the back. You know, Brian up front and one at the back, and they just anchor the team so well. Uh, Brian is so dangerous, and they're just. You know, I suppose I mentioned at the start of the, of the podcast, they're, they're the type of hurlers maybe we, we kind of we lost a bit in Cork, but they're just so competitive. You know, they're so tough, and they're they're brilliant players. You know, they have everything. So you have two guys like that in your spine, you're always going to be going well, and they they have really good players around them. Um, you know, Killian Tobin has really looked a very impressive player in this championship. Adam Walsh again, big wing forward, minor from uh, last another one of those 18, 19 year olds who's having a really good year. Um William Finnegan got another two, three points again from wing forward. So that very strong half forward line with Tobin kind of buzzing around everywhere and Brian Roach inside, you know, uh on on Roach anchoring them and you know their half back line as well Patrick O'Finn and Shane O'Connor are very good. So they're they're a really good team. And they're coming up against another really good team in the semi-final when they'll take on Father O'Neill's. And they played last year as well in the, I can't remember, was it the quarter-final or the semi-final? And there's only four points between them that day. I think Bride Rovers are certainly a better team than they were then. You know, extra year maturity, a couple of new guys in. Uh, of course, that's why they Father O'Neill's were missing uh, Decky Dalton and Jerome Milrick. And uh, so it's good. That, that's, that's one of the best games to be looking forward to in the next couple of weeks. Bright Rovers versus uh, Fodder O'Neill's, and I think um, whoever wins that game will be heavy favourites uh, to go uh, to go up this year. Um, as for Klein, you know, to be fair to me, is that the games when that happens to you, when you get blown away in the first half like that, and a team gets a run in and gets a couple of goals, oh man, they're, they're long days, and you just, all you want is the game to end. You know, so fair play to them in the second half, they get going, they kick going, a couple of, got a couple of good goals, but it's a long way to the final whistle when you kind of have a, a day like that. Um, testament. To, it's a testament to them, though. You know the way they they made the quarterfinals this year. They they are getting the best out of what they have at the moment. I think they're rebuilding from, you know, a really good team. Um. So look, I think they'll they'll go away over the winter and um they they'll come back a bit stronger as well. But uh, 
it's a disappointing end for them as well, Don. You know, they went from the high of the Newstone game when they went into the game trying to avoid relegation. You know, events happen and you, you reach a quarter final and you kind of come crashing back down to earth then against a, a, a young and up and coming Bridewovers team. Um, I was at Ballyhay and Corsi's after that game as well. And that was a really, really strange game. Um, and actually, I'm going to start with. Uh, a chat I had with Sean Goheen afterwards. Sean, as you just said, you got out of jail a bit there in the end, I think, um, after a very impressive first half in the second half, you were kind of, didn't, never got going yeah, really. Yeah, you know, to be like the first half, I would probably be reasonably happy enough at half time. We were four points up. We missed the penalty, but we converted to 65. But just time, generally, we, were, we looked dangerous at times up there. And But for some reason, like, you know, we were, we, we were flat in the second half. No, you have to give great credit to Bally here. They came out with all guns blazing. They hit us hard. Uh, very physical in the tackle, and uh, we found it very hard to get our hands in the ball, very hard to get scores, and it looked like it was going to be from us at the end. Uh, but I've got to give the lads great credit. We, we kind of hung in there, we were playing terrible. We hung in there, and we were probably, you know, the two frees that we nailed, Stephen Nine and Richard Sweetman, they were massive frees because Stephen had the ball and he got taken for, down for free, and it was a long way out, he nailed it. And for Richard to nail the one he had out in the, the, the sideline at 21, the angle was a I, th- I thought great credit they showed first balls you know yeah and I think like he started so well he like, had four points like the first four minutes and it looked like it was going to be a real yeah. free free flowing game but after that it turned into a real war of attrition didn't it I, I thought you know the, the game itself uh, there was no passion in it it was stop start stop start no fair play belly here got their game plan spot on there's no fluency in the game there's no shape to it really um, and it didn't really suit us you know but at the end of the day I, I, we got out of jail but I still think that, you know, I look back in the Munster final last year, John, we probably were in a position to win that, and we didn't win it. So today, I take it. <laughs> but, and speaking about the last year's Munster final as well, Sean, you're on a tremendous run after winning the county last year. You're first year up in this grade, and you're into a county semi-final right. against Fermoy in two weeks' time. Ah, that's fantastic, to be honest. It's fantastic for Corsi Rovers as a club, you know, and, you, you know, and as, as they're very similar to Bally Hill. They're, they're, they're a club that they're very passionate. There's, you know, they're, they're made, they're, they wear the jersey with fierce pride. When they go playing championship, they, they leave it all in the fields. Um, so for the club itself to go where they've come, come, you know, like last year, great run last year, to come up another level this year and to be in a semi-final now, it's fantastic. You've only, what, like there's only four weeks left in the season and we're there. Um, definitely we have to improve on that performance today. It wouldn't be good enough to be for my. So we have a lot of... You know, a lot of work to be done in the next two weeks to get ready for for my. But you're still there, and that's the main thing. That's the main thing. But we're still in there, fighting at fighting at the the bit, you know. And Sean's done a great job down in courses the last couple of years, and I know they're very fond of him down there. But as he said, it was a game with no shape, no rhythm to it. But it was it was very entertaining at the same time. You know, it wasn't of great quality, but it was a game you couldn't take your eyes off. You know, very you know very competitive, very physical. Um. And it, what was so strange about it was like the courses looked so good in the first five minutes. They had four points in the first four minutes, three of them from play, and they didn't score from play for the rest of the game, which is insane. You know, I can't remember ever seeing anything like that before. But they looked so dangerous too. You know, they, they had Sean Toomey after the first five minutes moved into full forward, and a two-man full forward line, and he just looked so dangerous, but they didn't seem to be able to get enough ball into him. And, but... Then, just as the game went on, it just turned into this kind of war of attrition. Um, Barry Hayd, like are going to have huge regrets about this game. They had 11 wides I counted in the first half. I saw another couple of numbers quoted, but, but I, I came up at 11 anyway. And I think that's what cost them in the end. You know, Those wides in the first half, when they were 
playing with a slight breeze and kind of got on top but didn't take the scores. Uh, I was really impressed with Tom Hanley again at centre-back from He just had an outstanding game. And they've had a good year, Paddy Hay. Morris O'Sullivan, again, a mighty man midfield. You know, we were talking about um, 18-year-olds uh, earlier. He's one of the older the older brigade, but he was really got a couple of great scores in midfield. But they were so, so close, Paddy Hay. They were one point up going into at a time. But uh, just couldn't hold on to it. You know, a couple of frees went against him. They might be a bit peeved about a couple of those frees that went against them later on. But again, as I said a couple weeks ago too, you have to, you have to look at a game in, in in the round, in its whole thing. And I think they'll regret those wides. But look, they've had a really good year, Ballyhay. Um, to get out of the group, you know, puck of a ball away from reaching the semi-final. Um, you know, drew it by Rovers, who, who you spoke about so highly a couple of minutes ago. You know, beat a good carry tool team. So like, you know they're building. They've some. You know they're they're you know so it's a all not a decent year from. They've stopped the slide, and they're going to be looking up now. I think from here on in. Um, as for Corsi Rovers, um, they're going to fancy themselves big time against Fermoy. You know the 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 draw maybe is a bit kind of imbalanced with you know the two favorites of the competition on one side, and Fermoy and uh, Corsi on the other, which will suit of course both Corsi and Fermoy, but um. What courses have, and as, as uh, Sean Goheen mentioned, is that they have a great competitive streak in them. They can compete with anyone. Um, even you know when they when uh, Charleville beat them in a Premier Intermediate Final about four or five years ago, like they brought Charleville to the wire. It was only a point. They're so in it in the end. Like it was incredible. They have a few great warriors in the team. You know, special order to Stephen Nine, uh, the goalkeeper. He's been an incredible servant for them. Got two points again the last thing, including the leveller. Missed the penalty, even though it was a rocket, it was well saved, but uh, made a, an absolutely cr- brilliant save off um, the on-curtain, I think it was, just after half-time as well. You know, in, in essence, kind of won the game for them. So uh, he's been he's been really great serving for them. And also Fergus Lorden did a really good job in Pat Callan. Now, Pat did play well. I know he's been carrying an injury, but, you know, they did a good job of shutting him down. So so that's Corsi's versus Fermoy and Boyd Rovers versus O'Neill's in the semi-finals. I was also at the relegation game between uh, Kill and Bally Merkel. Um, they're just such horrible games to be at, really. I was at one last year between Russell Rovers and um, and Granafresh, and a few years ago, I was involved in. You know, we've been relegated twice uh, out home by Lansing, and they're just rotten games to be at. There's no joy, no joy at all in victories. Just pure and utter relief. Um, Killer were that bit better on the day, um, but Bally Markle, as a do, they were there right to the end, but they just didn't have enough punch up front. And Owen Canary was the difference between them. He got fourteen points, two of them off play out of 116 and the Ryan McCarthy goal as well and as I said it was a lucky enough goal you know a long ball in back off the crossbar Ryan McCarthy reacts there you go Barry Martin just didn't have the punch maybe to, to reel that in and uh, they're going back down to Premier, Premier Intermediate next year Killa will uh, come back to Senior A they lost three close games this year look again both teams run, forget about it move on and come back stronger next year and that brings us to the Premier Intermediate Championship and we're going to start with uh, Castle Martyr versus Carrigaline and like Castle Martyr's star just keeps on rising you know we're going to sp- be speaking about a few players here again that played for McKilly uh, yesterday obviously but you know they have Mike Kelly he's just top class forward he's been one of the best forwards in the championships this year Joe Stack had a had five points off play throwing the two Lawtons as I mentioned the last day and what Castle Martyr have which is a huge thing they have balance and they have options and that's really going to stand to them um, 
in the semi-finals where they're going to play Castle Lions. Um, but I think, according to reports, it was a messy goal from Jack McGann that was the difference between the teams at the end of the day. So the bounce of the ball, off the post, who reacts first? You know, we're on about the Douglas Bars game, Shane kicks and hits the crossbar, and Cadden, Alan Cadden comes in the ball and goes just wide. The Bars are in a county, semi, county semi-final here. Jack McGann gets a you know a soft enough goal, and it's Castle Martyr into a county semi-final. Um, you know, they're, what, what they have, Castle Martyr, though, they have real experience of winning. You know, they've won their back-to-back counties at lower intermediate and intermediate A. They have a lot of guys still from the 2014 team that beat us in a junior county final. So they have that experience in the tight games, which I think is really going to stand to them. You know, they closed the game out well against us a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they did it again here. So, yeah, that's going to be a really good game between them and Castle Lions. And I hear uh, Anthony Spillane might be making a return journey home for that. So let's see if that's true. But... Um, as for Carrick Line, you know, it's a really good team. They're still knocking on the door and they'll be knocking around again next next year. And I think they're the type of team, a bit like Douglas, if they can get one big win, you know, it could really set them on a roll. They came close to it again. They've really good players and they're going to be one of the big teams in the Premier Intermediate competition next year. You know, if they get it right, they can go all the way. Um, I made it down to Brinney to watch Balnassing versus Bandon and... Um, if you spoke to me around 10 minutes to go in that game, I thought we were in big trouble. I think uh, we got out of jail. Um, we, there was, seemed to be no life to us in the first 45, 50 minutes in the game. You know, we seemed to be second to every ball. Banlasic seemed to be second to every ball. But Bandon were brilliant in the first half. Uh, the first 45 minutes, really, I suppose. Mike Callan was really good in midfield. Darren Crowley is a really good player. And as uh, it Keen Long, the kind of free taker, caused a lot of problems. They got a good goal. Again, it was all about reacting, you know, reacted first to the ball, was one of the manies, and he stuck a good goal. And we looked in big trouble, and um, until Conor Desmond won us a penalty, and Joe Collins hit one of those ones, I, you didn't, all you saw was the net move. It was an absolute bullet. I was standing directly in line with it. I don't think anybody on the band and goal line moved the ball. You just saw Joe swing and the net ripple. It was just an absolute rocket. But even from that, you know, it was actually Bandon reacted even a bit better to the goal. Um, they moved Dara Sullivan to midfield and again we're back speaking about those 18-year-olds and it was Dara's best game um, this year so far. He went to midfield, got a goal two points, had a great finish to the game and was on the ball and off that and was really, really good and probably that move probably won us the game. And it's like all these guys, you know, their first year playing out on Hurling, it's their third, fourth game, championship game and it's they're beginning to feel at home there and you could see that with him uh, <clears throat> out in brilliant Saturday as well. Then we got a, a, you know, again, a fortuitous second goal. You know, we brought on the great Fintan O'Leary. And, um, you know, Fintan went up for a puck out. Had to win his own break, which I was given out about. Played a nice one too, I think, with Owen Lumbert, I think. I can't remember who it was. And then he just went for the score. And the ball drifted across the square. An absolute rotten ball for a defence and a goalkeeper to to come in with it was right down the ball across the top of the square Garrow Kirby did what any good corner forward would do just challenge for the ball it broke Dara stuck it and we had the and you know and that kind of that was the, that that bounce to the ball put Balanaska on the road to victory um, I think what Brian Jarr and Johnny Muller would be delighted with those that different players kind of stood up you know Evan Collan has been outstanding but it didn't really happen for him um, you know, Brian Lynch went off injured, so you know, Con- you know, Conor Esmond kind of came back to form a bit. So you have different players coming back to form, which is good. Um, and it's going to be Balasca in the Scara in, uh, in the semi final. They gave us an awful hockeying out in ovens four years ago now. So look, 
Good to be back in the semi-final anyway. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how they get on from there. Uh, as for Bandon, um, you know, they're going to be big players in, at this grade in 2023. Make no mistake about this. Some really, really quality players. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's it. You know, I suppose, again, when you do come down, the biggest danger you have is that you're going to start sliding down even further. They've averted that um, threat and uh, they'll come. They'll come back next year, and they'll, whatever group they're in is going to is going to take a bit. Of, they're going to take a bit of beating in it. Um, finally, then at the Premier Intermediate level, you'd Yall versus the Rogue, and Yall's luck finally finally ran out. Like you know, it's hard to think they were senior ten years ago, and now they're back down to Intermediate A. So, just talking about stopping arresting slides, they haven't been able to. As for a Rogue, look, big week for them. That's their first relegation game started. You know, Lark constantly got one six for them. And so look, they got out of there. There, um, you know, they, they'll be delighted to have that, and hopefully, they'll be hoping they'll give them a bit of momentum uh, going into the football game against Newcastle next weekend. As for the intermediate hurling, Liz Gould had a, a good win over Kildare, and look, all their their Imakili guys are going to have nothing else to focus on but this now. So they'll be delighted with that. Um, and I think in the semi final, they're going to be coming up against Cladoff, who have been one of the better teams in this grade for a while now. So. That's going to be good. Liz Gould are a bit like Castle Martyr at a, at a grade below. They're after coming up, winning a couple of counties. They have a lot of really good talent coming through. So, you know, they're going to be a very hard team to beat in this. In the other quarterfinal on Friday, Dungourney got a late win to prove my theory about the the first team beating the second team as they just nipped, nicked Middleton by uh, 115 to, uh, to 114. And uh, their reward for that, of course, is another uh, East Cork derby against uh, a second team of a behemoth of a club when they play Sars. Um, Sars will look very good in that day. Yeah, look, again, they're going to fancy themselves in that. So it's hard to pick winner that that competition. Liz Gould and Cladov look very good, but you, know, you, you don't know what way Sars are going to go either. Um you know, they got to the final last year as well. The buckets of talent on that club is incredible. And in um, in the Premier Junior Championship, then Tracton had a big win over Milford, uh, 219 missing Michael O'Sullivan. So Shane Brick went, uh, had a bit of a bittersweet weekend in that. So Tracton um, have had a really good year and they're going to be playing Kill Britain in the, in the semi final. So they're going to fancy their chances of that one as well. Kilbritton, of course, who lost his gould in last year's final. And finally, Russell Rovers had a tight win over Argadine Rangers. Uh, Josh Clozang, again, the main man for Russell Rovers. What a, an incredible club player he is. And they have a really interesting game coming up against Barry Giblin. So there's uh, some really good games coming up uh, down um, at the lower grades as well. And sorry, and... St. Finbar's uh, condemned Dripsy to the drop as well. They kind of came from a bit behind to register a handy enough victory. While Douglas uh, sent poor old Meelan down as well with a couple of... A late, they got a late uh, score to bring it to extra time. And uh, Meelan go back down to Premier Junior for next year. So there you go. We're at the semi-finals of everything now. Um, it's been a great weekend. Um Hard to pick a winner in anything yet. I think the all championships are fairly well balanced. Um, we might know a bit more in a fortnight's time. I see the fixtures were all just released. Um, so we've a lot to look forward to. And next week we'll be looking forward to football. We'll try and see if I can get somebody on uh, like I did with uh, Ronan Carl last week. Talk about football before it happens. But uh, we've so much to look forward to. There's so much done. The weekends are coming upon us quicker and quicker. And uh, yeah, we've a lot to look forward to. But yeah. Thanks a minute for listening. Uh, take care, Sloan, and I'll talk to you all soon.
Bye.